Thank you, magnificent team. Love you, love you, love you. You know, I love the media that we presented this morning. I love the complete and the grand work of the cross, that it took all those things that we saw depicted on the cross today, sin and shame and guilt and burdens and cares and sickness and strife and dysfunction. It took all those things and it made a monumental exchange and in its place it gave hope and love, the gifts of the Spirit, the apostolic gifts of the church, enabling us to build the church and represent him on this earth. What a magnificent exchange it was. I'm so grateful this morning. But in order to celebrate the cross best and not dilute the fullness of what it's done, I just want to zone in on one exchange here this morning so that we can really see the potent and the powerfulness of that exchange. And that is to celebrate the gift of rest. The gift of rest. That is an outcome of the cross. And if I were to uh, give this message today a subtitle, it would, Pastor Mick, be a revelation of rest. And I love this uh, quote. It says, Rest is a weapon given to us by God through Jesus' finished work at the cross. The enemy hates it because he wants us stressed and occupied. But rest is a gift from God and it is my prayer today that as a church, as an individual, that we would go from strength to strength, from depth to depth in our revelation of the fullness of the complete work of the cross which offers us rest, rest in him. Because, you know, the work of the cross will produce a literal change in who we are and how we function. It literally removes the bondages of strife and preoccupation and striving and pressure and in its place it produces rest. This is what happens when we sit at his table and I love, we will today share communion and I love that he doesn't just complete that full exchange of all of those things that we saw on the cross for all of his goodness. Not only does he do that for us, not only does he perform the greatest exchange ever known to mankind, the greatest exchange that would literally change the course of time for all of humanity. No, he doesn't just do that. Our God is superior. Our Saviour is superior to all. Not only does he do that, he literally invites us to sit at his table. Who does that? What Saviour, what King would invite us to come once he has done all of that for us as if we shouldn't spend our entire life in worship and gratitude on our knees, in thankfulness. But he doesn't just sit up there. He invites us up to sit at his table. Who is this mighty God? Who is this gracious Saviour that he would invite us to come and sit at his table? And I love the power of communion. Firstly, just communing with him I love to be with him and I love to remember this sacrifice because of the fullness and the outworking that it brings into our life. It brings rest, it brings peace, it brings hope into our life and I can think of a time where I needed the outworking of the cross in my life, a time where he invited me to come and sit at his table. I remember when uh, Jesse, my second born, uh, came into our world and it was in a particularly um, full season 
and we were commuting from the northern beaches out to Silverwater in order to build the church out here. And it was that segue from one child one to two. Any parents out there know that that can be a fun one? <laughs> I think every mother feels the stretch at a different number. One, two, three. And only Amanda can tell us what four, five and six feels like. God bless her. Somebody give that woman an award. Seriously. You're amazing, Amanda. And Dylan helps a little bit, I'm sure, but mostly it's Amanda. <laughs> Anyway, I felt the crush of that season and we were commuting and building the church and I was probably functioning a little bit under the dysfunction of striving a little bit in that season as well when I look back on it, a little bit of functioning out of obligation rather than conviction in that time and it was taking its toll to the point that I remember moments of irrational anxiety just coming upon me. It's like I would just be cloaked with this disempowered feeling of anxiety, completely irrational at times. And I didn't know how to get myself up out of the fog of that. I found myself in this perpetual state. But this is the kindness of God, that he invites us to sit at his table and to commune with him. And in that season, I found the power of the cross to bring rest into my life when I was on these perpetual train tracks that I couldn't get off. And what I would do in that time, it was actually very practical, I um, rediscovered the art of um, drinking tea. And at one point in the day, I would lay out my teacup, really beautiful teacup, my little teapot, the little jug of milk and sugar. Does anybody still do that? It's like a lost art, but it's like therapy. It's beautiful. And I, I laid it out um, at each, it was a little biscuit, the whole deal. Um, at one point in the afternoon, I would find a lull and I would sit and I would drink tea and I would commune with him and I would have this moment of stillness and peace. And I know it sounds like a really natural thing and a really simple thing, but when I look back on that time, it was those moments of communion, taking the cup of tea and communing with him that broke the cycle of the power of the anxiety that was coming on my life at that time and rather imparted rest in that time and it changed the cycle it got me on a different course it restored something in me this is his kindness that he invites us to his table that he communes with us that he changes cycles in our life and rather empowers us by the full work of the cross he gave me rest for my anxiety he gave me peace and restoration a still mind a sound mind can we thank jesus here today he's so good Rest is a state that we find in him when we lean into him, when we let go of our own uh, striving and, and holding and clutching to our own capacity, when we release that and lean into him, rest permeates who we are. You know, I think that people get burnt out for lots of different reasons. There's a lot of natural reasons. There's a lot of emotional reasons. Um, uh, but they're more than physical exhaustion many times. Often it's a manifestation of our core belief or a, an issue of the heart. And I just want to look at a few things that I've observed in 1 Samuel. You want to come with me to 1 Samuel today? The story of David and Goliath, great story. And I'm going to read from 1 Samuel 17. And it says here, we're seeing that for 40 days, Goliath has presented himself to challenge Israel. And Saul and all Israel, and it says in verse 11, they were dismayed. They were dismayed for 40 days. 
Goliath had been tormenting them. One of the reasons that we can find ourselves burnt out or emotionally depleted, functioning outside of his rest, is from discouragement, not seeing a return for our labour or carrying a long-standing burden. I'm just going to illuminate a few reasons here today. We all have our own reasons. And verse 24 goes on to say, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, terrified. Another reason we can find ourselves in that place is when we're functioning outside of our giftings or we find ourselves overwhelmed because we're trying to be something that we don't necessarily feel we have the capacity to be. We find ourselves in a perpetual state of being overwhelmed, taking on something that we're not qualified for in character or substance because we haven't yet risen to that place. Maybe we haven't passed the test for it yet. Unlike David in this, in this story, who went from fighting a bear and a lion to Goliath. See, the Lord is gracious and kind. He takes us through thresholds where he trains us, enables us by his spirit. See, he wants us to be strong and upright. We kind of go off course when we start to function in our own human capacity. But in his rest, we can actually uh, accomplish far greater acts than we could ever accomplish in our own human ability. And we see this in David. And the story goes on. It says in verse 37, David said, The Lord who delivered me out of the paw, out of the lion, out of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. What an amazing conviction on the inside of him. It's powerful. In verse 39 it says, And David girded his sword over his armour. Then he tried to go but could not, for he was not used to it. When we do things out of a sense of obligation, not calling or conviction, I can relate to that. I've been there a lot. When we begin to function in that place of trying to move in our human strength, putting on the sword and the armour that really doesn't belong to us, hasn't been given to us, then many times we'll find ourselves in that place of feeling overwhelmed and underprepared. And it goes on in verse 45. Uh, Rather than striving in our own strength, we see David empowered by the Spirit. And this is my prayer for Silverwater and for everyone sitting in this room. We are called to great things. We are called to go from strength to strength. And the key for that is to be empowered by his spirit, moving out of a place of rest, leaning into him so that we can accomplish far more than we could ever dream or imagine, enabled by his spirit. And that is the prayer that I want to pour out over you today and call you up into an empowered life by his spirit. That is the fruit of the cross. That is the fruit of rest in our life. And it says, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel. David didn't strive in his own strength. He was fully empowered by the spirit. That empowered him, a young boy, to do something that none of the other men in that army could do because he was called and empowered by the Spirit. You know, doing the right things that are our sweet spot, that are our gifting, that are our calling, it brings us to life and it benefits the corporate gathering. It benefits the church when we get in under that gifting that God has given us, that we are empowered by the Spirit. It, it um, impacts on our family life when we are, we are functioning in the gifts that God has given us. It brings a harmony in our family life when men, we're not shrinking back, we're standing up to lead the household. It brings an impact into our marketplace when we're functioning in our leadership gifts, our administration gifts, our financial gifts that God has given us. We actually represent him well. People see the complete work of the cross in us 
in our context as we walk in it today in Jesus' mighty name. It says in verse 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight him. I love that. The whole company of people benefited from David's obedience. It benefited. There was a corporate benefit because he got up and walked in his calling. Literally that whole company of people was saved. That whole generation was saved because he got up and he took one for the team. And church, I want to compel and call us all up to stand in the, the full functioning capacity that we have in Christ that people would see the complete work of the cross in us as it evolves and goes from strength to strength in our lives, that they would see the David in us, the one that is empowered by the Spirit, not striving in our own human capacity, but enabled by his Spirit, leaning and and walking out of that gift of rest in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's thank God here today. He's awesome. And I'm just going to... finish on this last verse 48 and it says David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. I love this. David was nimble and fully able to take on the challenge for all these reasons I just said today. He ran towards the challenge. He ran at it because he knew who he was. He knew who his heavenly father was. He had heard the voice of the spirit. He conquered the bear. He conquered the lion and now he could take on Goliath with a miserly pebble because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, oh, to function out of rest, to know who we are in him, so that on the day that we're called to run to the battle line, we could represent him well, empowered by his spirit, knowing who we are on the inside. Uh, The benefits of sitting at his table, sitting with him, being with him, resting in him. We, We go to this place so that when we're called to the battlefield, we can represent him well. This place fills our cup so that we can walk out secure on the inside, filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, I'm going to ask our worship team to come and we're going to begin to distribute communion here this morning. What a beautiful and significant day to come around his table here today at Silverwater. And as we do that, speaking of rest, I just want to remind us of the power of the Sabbath and encourage us to honour the Holy Sabbath. You know, uh, we know of the Sabbath that the vital resources of productive land require that there be a fallow year in order to keep it producing for the long term. We all need to find our Sabbath, our communing at his table place, our place of rest, because that is what enables us to continue to be fruitful for the years and years to come. And I know, Silverwater, we are in a season of stretching out like we never have before, but I know honouring the Sabbath finding ourselves at his table, drinking from his cup, that is what will enable us, being undergirded by rest in this new season. That is what fills us with the spirit to go and stretch out. And Exodus 23.10 says, Six years you shall sow your land and reap its yield, but the seventh year you shall release it and let it rest and lie fallow. And today I want to I want to ask us in this place as we come around communion here this morning, There is a part, in order to be filled with his spirit as David was, in order to be trained by his spirit as David was, there will be threshold moments in which which we need to take the burdens and cares of our heart and rest and release it because there are some things that we cannot accomplish on our own. David could certainly not conquer Goliath on his own. He was full aware of that. 
And at this moment of communion, it is a moment to rest and release. There are some things which we can change and there are some things which we need to rest and release. There are some burdens and cares of the heart which we fight for in prayer and then by faith we rest and release. And that is how we find our life in rest. And that is how we find ourselves living from being positioned by his table when we learn how to rest and release those burdens of the heart, those issues of the heart, which in many times cause the emotional depletion and the exhaustion. It's when we hold on, we clutch tight to something which only the work of the cross can actually overcome. That when we find ourselves at the foot, when we release that thing, we don't have the power to change. It enables him by his spirit to intervene into that area and to breathe life even into barren places. God works on our behalf. This is the nature of our Saviour. He works in our marriages. He works in our family situations. He goes before us. This is the magnificence of our Saviour. Amen. He's so good. He's awesome. So uh, why don't you stand with me this morning as you take your communion. And I'm actually just going to read... uh, a written piece over you this morning as we come around communion. And it's my prayer that the things in your heart which you need to present before your Saviour today would be rested and released so that you would be freed and fooled in exchange here this morning. So I'm going to read this over you as you reflect and take your cup. Come weary, come lonely, come hurting, come lost. Invitation wide open, all eyes on the cross. Into his house we walk, stumble and fall to encounter the one who embraces all. On this day behold a tree, a tree that set humanity free, a tree designed for the crueler's death, brings life through the one who passed the test. What darkness intended for darkness and doom delivered the keys to every room. Keys to life and keys to light, keys to heal and keys to fight. So this cross becomes the key. Each time our cry is to be free. Tree of death, now the tree of life. By his perfect willing sacrifice. To this cross we bring our pain, our sin, our guilt, our mess, our shame. Our broken attempts at right and wrong. The cross transforms into a song. A song of love, a song of grace that woos and heals and lightens our face. To this tree we bring our life, our broken, messy sacrifice. And he performs the great exchange. Our life for his to rearrange. Brokenness upon the cross. Life, light in him, no longer lost. Thank you, Jesus, for the magnificent work of the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the full expression in the people of Silverwater that each one would receive the fullness of the revelation of the cross. In Jesus' mighty name, church, I want you to partake of the cup and the bread here this morning. And as you do, remember who your Savior is. Remember the fullness of what he has done for you. Oh, we thank you here this morning, Lord. We thank you. We partake. We remember and we worship you in this place this morning. Oh, you're good, Lord. You're so good, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord.
church, before we go this morning, I want to ask in this place today, is there anyone here this morning that needs to return to Christ, needs to turn and acknowledge, Lord, I need you as my saviour. I need you as my companion for this life. I can't walk this life disempowered. I need you. I need your knowledge. I need your spirit. I need your insights. I need you to walk with me, Lord. I need you for this life. If you're standing in this place this morning and you need to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Well, today, this Good Friday, I will lead you in a prayer that will set you right with him. It will set you on a course with him. It will set you free from the things that have barraged your mind, your thinking, your emotions. And you'll find that will be cut loose. You'll feel lighter. You'll feel clearer. You'll be able to look with confidence at the days to come. If you have known him and you've drifted, because sometimes we drift, we find ourselves off course. Well, today I want to call you back on course. I want to pray with you here today. Or maybe you've never prayed this prayer before. Well, today I, I implore you, overcome your beating heart and your sweaty palms today. Lift your hand in response in a moment, and I will see you and pray with you here today. Or if for any reason you're unsure what your eternity looks like, you couldn't tell me what happens when you graduate out of this life into the next. And you want a peace, you want an assurance, you want to know. Well, today I want to pray with you. So right across this room, with every head bowed and eye closed in a moment of prayer, right where you're standing here today, I want you to lift your hand nice and high. If you need to pray with me today because you need to ask Jesus into your heart for the first time, I see your hand, my friend. I see your hand up the back. Who else is there here today? Don't shrink back. There is not a time in the earth to be uncertain. If there is any uncertainty in your heart, I want you to lift your hand nice and high where you are and I'll see you here today. Front to back, little child to grown person. Today I want you to accept this call today and lift your hand nice and high where you stand and I will see it and pray with you. Because my life is not the same. I am a transformed life. When I met him, when I saw him, when I took a hold of him, my life changed. And everything in me wants you to know the same miracle of a transformed life. A life that's free of burden and care, anxiety and issues and trauma of the heart. In him, we find resolve. We find perfect peace. We find every answer in him. So right where you're standing today, if you've drifted, if your relationship has grown cool, today in a heartbeat you can return. In a heartbeat you can return. So right where you're standing today, lift your hand nice and high and I'll see you. And I'll pray with you here today. Right across this room, I'll see you in this place this morning. Friends, I want you to be really brave with me here today so that I can actually stand and take your hand and pray with you this morning. I want to ask if you've lifted your hand today, if you could slip out of your seat and just come down onto the altar here this morning. I would love to stand face to face and pray with you here this morning. Church, can we just congratulate and welcome these guys as they come this morning? So proud of you all. Why don't you come on down? Here, I'll meet you here. I'm so proud of you. What's your name? Dwayne. Dwayne. So proud of you, Dwayne. Thank you for coming forward. Hello. What's your name? Jaden. So awesome. So proud of you, Jaden. 
what a beautiful young man. And if you're standing in this place this morning and you're still wrestling in your heart, it's not too late. Come forward and meet with us this morning. Pray this prayer with us today and out of your heart, he will hear, Christ will hear you today. So church, let's pray together this morning and if you can repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, please come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Wash me clean. Fill me with your peace. Let's walk together today and each day after. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for Dwayne. I thank you, God, your peace is upon him, Lord. I thank you the old is gone and the new has come. I thank you, Lord, you set him free on every level. I rebuke every anxious thought, every dark thought of his life in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord, he's a life that is loved. He is loved, he is loved, he is loved, he is loved. And he is free on every level. I thank you, God, you set him free. And you set his course in a life. Emboldened by your spirit, filled with your spirit, filled with your peace. In Jesus' mighty name, rest on him today, Lord. Fill him here today in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for Jaden, Lord. I thank you for this young man, a heart that is after you, Lord. I thank you you see him, Lord. I thank you this moment is significant, God, because he sees you too. I thank you, Lord, he takes a hold of you with both hands, Lord, and he pursues you all the days of his life. I thank you, Lord, he won't drift to the left or the right. He is set on a course, Lord, in line with his Saviour, each day given to his Saviour in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, here today. Amen. Come on, church. Let's thank God for these two young men today. So proud of you guys. Dawson. So proud of you. We've just got some friends standing near you. They're going to give you a Bible today and just take a few moments with you. And and that'll be awesome, all right? These guys here are going to look after you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just lift your hands in the presence of God this morning? Lord, I just thank you for a full measure of rest on the people of Silverwater, a full measure of your peace raining down, Lord, breaking the power of anxiety, breaking the power of darkness, breaking the power of depression, setting free from measure to measure, from strength to strength. Thank you, Lord, for the overflow of your spirit, Lord, filling them, Lord, pouring into their families, pouring over their weak, Lord. I thank you, Lord, they're empowered by your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that they have to function out of their human capacity, led by your spirit, filled by your spirit, walking by your spirit. Fill them today, fill them today, fill them today, fill them, Jesus, each and every one of them. Bless them overflowing in this place.